Hello and welcome to episode four of the official at U2 podcast, talking all things U2, including new album news, tour dates, community discussions from the staff of at U2. And I am joined once again by, as I can, I guess I can say as always so far, by Mr. Matt, Matt McGee. You, you haven't kicked me off yet, which is, which is good. So far, so good. <laughs> I thought I was the one who was going to get fired here, but I guess... Uh, I'm waiting for you to kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> this guy won't leave. Uh, and also joined by a couple other guests this time. So welcome to the show, Tim. Hi, how are you doing? I am doing well. And also to Sula. Thank you. Good to be here. And uh, maybe for the folks who are listening and uh, for some reason have never visited at YouTube.com or something like that, Tim, what's what's your role with at YouTube.com, the site? Oh, okay. Well, hey, I get to uh, write some cool stuff. I take every opportunity I can just to chime in with some news articles and some uh, content analysis. I really love the live performance angle and trying to figure out that. Got an article coming out. Real soon here on how U2 uses Psalms in the current tour. And there's some really amazing stuff that comes out in their show that a lot of people may not notice. So playing with that one a little bit right now. And you've also been known to do a few uh, periscoping events. I have. From time to time. I I know I've caught you. Yeah, you know, we've got this little uh, after-concert chat that we've been doing. We call it the Crystal Ballroom, and that's been uh, going almost the whole length of the tour and developed quite a little community around that. So if anybody's listening from the crystal ballroom, here's a shout out to you. What's the the hashtag that you guys use for tracking that or community? Yeah. If you're on Twitter, you can kind of look at the hashtag, um, U2CB, U2CB. I'll get you there. Or you can follow me at Tim Newfeld on Twitter. Perfect. And how about you, Tasula? I have been with the staff for about half of At U2's existence. I'm actually contributing since 2003, but a full-time staff member since 2005. So I write a lot of things. I um, help with the Twitter account, and I manage the calendar. Nice. We still haven't figured out what Matt does, but I'm sure he does something. <laughs> I am in charge of being in charge. <laughs> and, and two, hey, two, two things that I'll, that I'll just add. Number one, Tim also has been a huge help on this tour, especially with a lot of the videos that we're posting to YouTube, um, with shooting them at the concerts and then editing them and uploading them and all that. So, so Tim sold himself short on that. And Tasula failed to mention that her very first assignment for at U2... <laughs> Because I love, I love to, t- I love to tell the story. <laughs> Tesla's very first formal assignment for at U two involved crawling through the bushes outside Vancouver BC Place Stadium in Vancouver or the arena or whatever it was, in order to spy on U 2s tour rehearsals there in two thousand five. That is an incredible claim to fame. <laughs> it is absolutely true. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> and they have footage, security footage, to prove it. Yes. <laughs> Now we just do all that on Periscope and, you know, <laughs> the world we get watches. busted that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, before we learn any more uh, details we don't necessarily want to reveal for the show, let's move on to our first segment. Uh, we're, Matt, you want to call this the inbox? Is that what I like inbox. Okay. I think because it's, you know, people sending us questions and, and we, you know, we have the spreadsheet going. And so I like inbox. Yeah. Without getting too, uh, what's our pedantic? Pedantic? I can't. Uh, Pedantic, that's the word. Thank you. 
uh, it's not technically an inbox. It's just a Google Sheet. But I'll let you get away with it for this. <laughs> Thank you. I so, appreciate it. So listeners of the podcast, readers of the site, you can submit questions for the show by using the hashtag AskAtU2 on Twitter and presumably other social media services, but that's the one we're actually checking. So <laughs> we might not see it on the other ones. Uh, but anyways, to start with, uh, we have at Tim Jahar, if that's how you say it. Is there anywhere to leave comments for specific episodes of the podcast? I definitely have thoughts on seating. So I thought um, there's a couple different ways we can do this. Certainly you can reply on Twitter to one of us if you want to just argue with someone specifically about something they say on the show. But over on... Each of the show notes, uh, say goodstuff.fm slash at you two slash four in this case, there'll be a link to discuss this episode. We over at Good Stuff, we use a subreddit of Reddit. Um, and all the stuff you've heard about the site is true. It's a bad site, but we just are <laughs> nice little safe little subreddit. You can go there, leave comments, and we'll check that and follow up and, and uh, commune there. Is there comments on at you two on the posts that they can use as well, Matt? Or? No, I don't I think so. There's yeah. when we post, yeah, when we post uh, uh, in the bits and bytes section on the homepage. There's no way to leave comments there. People could, if I mean, if they wanted to, they could use the forum. They can start, you know, start a thread in the forum on to discuss the stuff we're talking about here on the podcast. I think that'd be, oh know, yeah, that'd be uh, good too. We're on the Facebook page. We post the show link. Yeah, on exactly. The Facebook page. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I'm the new guy. I'm still catching up on all these other fancy places. <laughs> So any of those places will, I think as listeners, you guys will probably drive where the conversation happens post podcast. So, and we'll kind of just follow you wherever you want to lead, but there's a few options for you, whatever you're familiar with and comfortable with using. Um, next question was from at D Perry nine Oh five. Why does some days are better than others get no attention in U two circles. One of Adam's coolest baselines and edge jangle at its best. And, uh, Matt, what do you, Let's go with you. What do you think? I I I I would love to know what uh, D Perry nine hundred five means by that it gets no attention. Like specifically, like does it? Why doesn't it get played in concert? Or why do fans not generally talk about it as one of their best songs? I don't know. I guess it kind of depends what is meant by get no attention. Um, Let's say uh, from a live perspective, certainly it hasn't been played much, right? Ever. If ever, ever. Yeah, I was trying to think. I don't think ever. <laughs> yeah, I'd but have to go. I'd have to go check tours. At you two. Dot com. Plug. 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 Shameless plug. <laughs> Hashtag shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. I, I think. I don't it's know. I don't know. I was. It's. I mean. It's. I, I, I. To me, I think. I mean, I think there's. A, you know, a million great U two songs that you could say. How come they don't get any attention? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the, you, if we're talking, you know, concerts, you know, performing concerts, you know, I think you could make a fantastic set list out of the U2 songs that don't get played, like even on the Innocence and Experience tour. Um, you know, there's just a yeah, you know, laund- laundry list. I mean, they have so many fantastic songs. So, yeah. All right. I am on the website for tours.atu2.com and... Some days are better than others. Has never been played. Yeah. That's what I but thought. Wouldn't that we say would be you know the case of a lot of uh, Zuropa and certainly pop, and they just seem to be diminished albums as a whole that don't get a lot of play or a lot of conversation, which is entirely too bad. Yeah, which not that you need to send us angry emails. It's not that we're saying that those albums are the worst. Well, I, w- I would say oh, okay. pop works, but let's not start. <laughs> That's, we're Send saving that for a future. Just, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> we'll have the argument yet. We're going to, I think we'll devote an episode to each album and, and just, uh, have it out that way. Oh, that's a cool idea. I like that's that. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so save your emails and angry comments and defense or attacks for uh, albums for those episodes. We'll let you know when they're coming up. Um, if they ever stop touring, that's probably when we'll fit those in. Um, the at the Crave case asked, did Eden make all the U two IE tour shirts? I know city specific ones aren't, but my black generic one is. How about the others, Tasula? So so far, I think we only have evidence of just the one being an Eden shirt, actually. And there are different brands on different styles, especially the the local like Boston and New York versions. Those were different. For sure. So, Matt, you had one that was an Eden one. What was the design on that? I the one that I bought in Vancouver is the black T-shirt, and it's got the photo of the band on the front, all four band members, and then on the back, I think it just has the the yellow U two I E logo, and that okay. one is made that one is made by Eden. But they're standing in that picture, right? They're not in bed. R- right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bed one, not Eden. I can confirm. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, at RVH95, had a couple questions. So, assuming the tour continues through 2016, 2017, would you expect same style scheduling, few cities, multiple nights due to the size of the set? Matt, how about you on this one? I, um, I, that's a great question because I, you know what? I, no, I think. I think they'll need to play in different cities um, for starters. So obviously they're going to go to New York again, and obviously they're going to go to Chicago again, Los Angeles. Um, but I wouldn't expect like Vancouver to get shows again. I think Seattle would. Um, Phoenix might not get shows, but maybe Las Vegas would or something like that. Um, and then. I don't know. Multi- I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think we're gonna see. I'm, my guess is that it'll be two. It, it'll be pairs again, um, or maybe even one-offs in some cities. I don't think we're gonna see uh, a tour itinerary like we just saw in North America, when it, where it's only what was it, ten or eleven different cities, you know, spread out over you know two and a half months. So I think I think next year it will be somewhat different. That's, well, just you know, they've really, that's just a yeah, guess. They've really gone after the residency idea on this leg of the tour, you know, being resident in a city. I think, you know, they've done that several places when they were starting the tour in Vancouver and they, you know, certainly ending up in New York with eight. And yeah, we, uh, that'd be a shock if they would go at that angle again. I would imagine they'll hopefully travel through, you know, the southern United States and maybe hit some of the southern continents too, which would be great. Do you think as a band, just never mind like um, economics and uh, everything else, but do you think as a band they prefer the stink, sticking around one city and sort of doing that or just like the you know, new city every couple of days aspect? Well, I think they, they've got to be, you know, feeling the age a little bit here and just glad to settle in to a room for a week. I think that would really be a wonderful opportunity and then it's been nice to see you know families travel with them on this leg too and i think that's made a little more possible when there are multiple nights in a venue but you know for the sake of the fans yeah wouldn't it be great to see them move around a little bit more too i think yeah 
All right. And uh, follow up a sort of question, I guess, from also from at RVH95. Any rumor on how tour could change with the potential release of a Songs of Experience album? Tasula, do you want to theorize? Well, I, on haven't, I haven't heard anything officially or unofficially for that matter, but I would think that perhaps it would include more recent songs, not not obviously the new album, but you know, later songs in their catalog. So maybe the the pop people would get their wish. Uh, maybe more Zuropa, you know, stuff like that, because we're not hearing anything from No Line on the Horizon currently. We're not hearing, you know, very much of how to dismantle, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that could be one angle that they would take if they just keep going chronologically through their career. The interesting thing to me to think about I mean, let's let's. I mean, we don't know when it's you know when that next album is going to come out. If it comes out before you know a, a 2016 tour starts, you know that would be one thing. If it, you know, who knows, right? So the timing is obviously is obviously part of it. But like like the the so called experience part of the current show is the part of the show where they have you know had the freedom to change things up more, right? They flipped the second set quite a bit. Uh, back and forth, they have the segment out on the E stage where you know the songs tend to change, uh, you know, every couple nights, et cetera, et cetera. And so I just wonder if I don't I mean I don't have an answer to this, but I just wonder if you know when Songs of Experience comes out, does that mean the experience set becomes the one that is more fixed, whereas you know on the current tour it was the Innocence, the first set that was was, uh, you know, much more fixed in terms of what songs they play. So I don't know. It's just something to think about. I'm waiting for uh, still this Wild Guitar album from Edge, and I think this is the one to do it on. I really think that they need some more um, bullet, and uh, they need all because of you. And, you know, that, that kind of set of songs that could really rip into, you know, some rock and roll riffs that are, you know, it's not a pun here, but are edgy and uh, yeah. You know the the first it set. It's a pun. It's a bad one. Well, yeah, the first set of the tour though <laughs> is meant to be kind of deeply introspective and reflective. You know, that's the innocence being lost kind of thing. But if they were to really, I, I like that, Matt. I like this notion that the second half of the the tour could, you know or the second half of the concert would be maybe more gritty and black and white and, you know, a look at the world. Uh, it would really be interesting to see him do something with that, too. At spun to you asks, any chance for new shows that could be added during the next month between the U.S. and European leg? Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. When was that question asked? Maybe a few weeks ago. They go right. to France in August. That's yeah. how it goes. <laughs> September 4th in Turin. Yeah, so nothing nothing happening in between. As much as maybe somebody was hoping for some sort of secret concert last minute in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, or wherever. Just some <laughs> random location. Who was, nice. who was rooting for that? I don't know. Some guy. Some okay. guy. So somebody well, was. I'm yeah. sure. And of course, they're going to be shooting for the November Paris shows where they're going to be filming this. and Correct. Yeah. You know, is that getting out to us, too. Is that the rumor or, like, or just sort of based on past history that they would do that? confirmed by hbo correct they'll be doing a documentary so. behind the scenes oh, and right, yeah. i think they're shooting yeah. for a live broadcast a live HBO in yeah. of november 15 is that the date i believe so that'd be the last show of the european leg then yes correct 
Very cool. Yeah, so definitely a, a break for them right now. So, But definitely not a break for us here on the podcast. We'll keep slugging away, <laughs> powering through. What we're going to bring to <laughs> the That's next segment way. of our show, uh, I know, I try my best, The uh, what we're calling the At You 2 Roundtable, where we bring uh, staffers, as you've heard, from At You 2 onto the show and pick a topic and get everyone's opinion on it, chat around the virtual, as it were, at you two boardroom table. <laughs> so uh, what we were, there's a big, obviously the big question on a lot of people's mind, I'm sure listeners, uh, fans of the site in, uh, is the party that happened, 20th anniversary party that we talked about on the podcast before, but um, has since what happened. Party? We, we have a party to talk about? Did guys, anything happen? You guys don't even remember it. That's wow. <laughs> Seems like ages ago. <laughs> it's funny about it's it, as we're taping this. It's Wednesday evening, and literally three or so hours ago, my son and I were sitting in our living room, and he pointed out to me, "Dad, exactly one week ago at this very moment, <laughs> Edge and Adam were on stage at the oh. YouTube party," <laughs> and I was like, Gosh. "Wow." You are right. I can't <laughs> that believe actually that did happen. <laughs> I can't believe it's been a week. Yeah, that's wow. that's insane. Yeah, so I guess where I don't know where to begin with the the event. Where do you? Where do you? Um, because <laughs> the the big thing that obviously happened, Edge, Edge and Adam showing up. But before that, just for for people who who weren't among the what was it four hundred people or so that attended? Yeah, we think yeah we think three hundred and fifty four hundred or so by the time you know guests got in and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and so the, the was the vibe of the room basically kind of just a bunch of you know obviously you two fans hanging out, having a few drinks and and food, chatting, waiting for Unforgettable Fire um, to go on stage. Is that sort of the lead up to the big surprise? Well, Unforgettable Fire had been on for a while when, and we'd done like what one raffle already, hadn't we? Yeah, yeah, we right. Yeah, we did. We did yeah. the the. I mean, people started filing in around six thirty, seven o'clock. Yeah. Um, Taking pictures. 7, yeah. Right. Yeah. They were we because we had the we had the social media uh, photo booth kind of set off there. We had African Well Fund had a table. Um, there was you know video playing, music playing, and uh, food and drink being served. And yeah, I mean it was. I thought the. I mean I thought the vibe was great. And then. Yeah. At seven thirty, I guess, is when I got on stage for the first time and did some, you know, welcome remarks and brought Sherry up, and we did the first round of uh, of raffle prizes. That was at seven thirty, and then Unforgettable Fire started uh, a little bit after eight with their segment, with their uh, first set. Yeah, they'd been on over almost forty five minutes by the time that Edge and Adam arrived. Uh, yeah, well, it? yeah. It was it was probably it was probably close to closer to a half hour or so, but you know, you okay, know. sure. Either way. This is the who's conversation. Count, who's yeah. counting? It's not eight forty-five p.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, look. I mean, the only reason the only reason that that, that, I, that I'm aware of the exact timing is because I put that story together on at you two with all the tweets, and I was trying to get them all right in order, and so I kind of vaguely remember what time people started tweeting about Dallas arriving and and you two getting there and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of conversations that you don't see that go on when you're when people are editing an article for publication on the show or on the site. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's actually I'll put a link in the show notes to the you did the sort of social media roundup of of folks uh, with Storyfy and uh, post that to at you too. So there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Um, who wants to sort of talk through? I guess that moment. I guess when you realized that actually the band is showing up. 
well, I, I I think I'll take this one since I'm the only one that actually saw them before they came down. She sure likes to say that a lot. She I, does, I yeah. Especially since she was only three feet behind me. There was this huge room of you know people and and everybody that that whole night and the next day was like none of us saw them and I was like I totally saw them I had I had just gone to the restroom I almost pulled the Christine Lottie at the Golden Globes and thank God I didn't but I just used the restroom after like slamming more drinks than I care to admit and was running back upstairs to my date who was up in our staff area. And I was trying, I heard the Dallas announcement and I was trying to explain to my date who was not a huge U2 fan who Dallas was. And so I was telling him like, that's Edge's, you know, guitar guy, that's Dallas. And I pointed down to the stage and then Edge just walks in like right, right, (laughs) right in front of me. And I'm like, and and that's the edge. <laughs> and and kind of goes, yep, and just keeps going. He didn't stop. He just kept, you know, plowing past me. And then Adam's right behind him. And I'm like, and, and, and that's Adam Clayton. And then I'm starting to, like, not breathe or function properly. And the next thing I know, they're on stage. Like, it happened that fast. And they, and they just ran down the stairs. And then, yeah, the crowd goes wild and... You guys can one, take it from there. One yeah. of my one of my favorite. <laughs> I tried to work this into the OTR that I wrote a few nights ago, but it, I just couldn't figure out how to fit it in. One of my favorite uh, reactions was from our staffer Karen Lindell, uh, who was who was there, and so 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 Tony, the lead singer of Unforgettable Fire, obviously was at the party because you know he's performing, and Tony looks a lot like Bono. And then uh, Gabe, who is the lead singer of Acrobat, uh, the tribute band Acrobat, he was also there, and he looks like Bono. In character. He was right, in character. in character. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so Karen, I remember we were talking to Karen after it all happened, and she said, oh, yeah, I saw Edge and Adam too, but I wasn't sure if it was actually Edge and Adam because there's so many guys here that look like Bono, I thought it might just have been <laughs> more guys that look like Adam and Edge. <laughs> <laughs> which I just think is so perfect for this gathering of you two nerds. <laughs> yeah. Like Edge and Adam walk in and you're like, well, it looks like Edge, but it might be like tribute Edge and Adam. <laughs> yeah. People people kept saying like, you know, if you look over there by fake Edge, you'll see the, the silhouette of real Edge. You know, it, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was it was fun. Well, I, I kind of have a funny story about that too because I was upstairs periscoping when Adam and Edge walked right behind me and we had a bunch of people all over the world that wanted to be at our 20th celebration and they were begging me you know please periscope it including some of the at u2 staff who couldn't be there so we had about 600 people watching online you know there's only 400 there but we've got four or five six hundred at different times um online watching it and and the conversation was hilarious in the little chat feature on Periscope that comes up because all of a sudden somebody says, I, you know, I kind of scream into the microphone, that's the real Edge and the real Adam, but not everybody <laughs> heard that. And so all of a sudden the chat starts going like this, hey, these guys are pretty good. You know, <laughs> these guys actually look like, you know, Adam and Edge. Wow, that guy's got the solo down just like Edge, you know? And then... <laughs> And people are starting to yell like in caps on the chat. It is the real edge, you know, and Adam. And then other people would say, I just heard the real edge and Adam are there. Are they really there? You know, and it just was going on and on with the chat feature just blew up on Periscope as people were trying to 
figure this out. And every once in a while, I'd yell into the mic, yes, it's the real Adam and the real Edge. <laughs> it was well, hilarious. Chris was just Very going, fun. oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Well, and that's the other thing that happened is I, I, I handed the, the Periscope, my iPhone, over to, to Chris, who's, who now will forever be known as, oh, my God, Chris, uh, <laughs> because he just starts yelling, oh, my God, oh, my God, right into the, the Periscope and then the, the camera that Sherry... And Steve had set up was right next door to us, right, you know, just a couple of feet away, too. So that became his claim to fame. <laughs> that's the other Chris. That's, that's not this Chris. But that, so that is what you can hear. So I watched the, con- the video, obviously, of it. And I can hear some guy, uh, yeah, which is obviously Chris, I guess, saying, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the that's the scene that Edge and Adam walked through, which I I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, "So I heard Adam, Edge and Adam walked right behind you." Yep. And then I, you know, I I throw it in, but Tasula saw them. And Karen apparently too. Yes. <laughs> and that was the joke. That was the joke after the event. Like here's you know here we are this you know this YouTube news website and our all our editorial news staff is is in this room and Edge and Adam walk right past us right. and almost no one sees them. <laughs> what a bunch of great reporters we are. <laughs> and then and then the the kind of the ensuing conversations that happened as soon as the party was over. My which gosh. we're all in the back and everybody's coming to us, you know, kind of by the, the front door as people are heading out. Oh, thank you for that great party. You guys are so awesome. Thanks for getting them here and all this. And I just have to shrug my shoulders and say, we didn't know. What do you mean you didn't? We didn't even know they were in the building. <laughs> so, and they just, you know, stare in disbelief. So then Matt and Sherry and a few of us got together after everybody had left to try to figure out what happened. So Matt and I sat down and we did a little periscope just trying to piece it together. And we, we literally, you know, you're right, Matt, here we are, we're supposed to be these news writers and reporters trying to, you know, in the moment, in real time, trying to put it together and figure out how these guys had gotten into the building. Um, in fact, a couple people had tweeted me after Matt, you and I did our little you know, we were, I think, giddy is the word. We were a little giddy upstairs. <laughs> we were exhausted. We were undernourished. We were probably dehydrated. And sleep so, a deprived. couple people, yeah, yeah, sleep deprived. People were tweeting me, Are you guys drunk? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, some of us were, but you two weren't. <laughs> no, I had to reassure them. I was really trying to keep my wits about me. So, no, I was just guzzling water because it was so hot in there. <laughs> It was. But, it was really hot. That's yeah. another thing. Yeah. So settle this for me. I think you basically have answered this, but you guys or the at you two staff had no clue this was happening. There's no. This isn't smoke and mirrors where you guys all actually knew, but you just wanted to be some sort of social no. media blah blah blah. No, no, yeah. no one. <laughs> literally, no one knew except for you two and their people. Yeah. We didn't know. Unforgettable fire didn't know. The venue didn't know. No one knew that this was going to happen. And like, I think I said, I think I said this in the OTR, like as, as late as seven thirty eight on the night, as it was happening, like after our party started, we got an email from the PR folks saying, we're sorry, the band can't make it seven thirty eight, And an hour later they were walking into our, into our party. The amount of, <laughs> the amount of deception and the, the, the fullness of the secret that they, you know, they, I mean, they completely pulled it over on us and more power to them. And Tim, I loved what you said. And I think you may have said this 
in that chat we did right afterwards on Periscope, or maybe you said it in email later, I don't know, but I loved the way you phrased it where you said that we thought we were throwing a party for, for <laughs> our 20th anniversary, and yet they stole the show because they came in and threw a little surprise party inside our party for us. And I just, I love the, yeah. that, that vision. I think that's, uh, that's well, exactly what they did. That's yeah, right. that's where I'm going with this. This is classic U2. You couldn't get more U2-esque if you planned it. I mean, this is the irony of them misdirecting us in, you know, sending us in one direction, but then coming around the corner with something completely, you know, yeah. unobvious. And so, I mean, this is the Daltons. I saw Matt and I were at the concert in the Coliseum in 1987. I was at the top. I, he was somewhere closer and probably figured it out. But the Daltons were out there and the Edge was in a dress and they were playing country music and nobody was listening to them. And then, you know, they're on the subway with Jimmy Fallon. They just love this stuff. They love to dupe the crowd, I think. And they got us in one of the best cons that I've ever seen them do. Yeah, because brilliant. they really, you, you know, I, I was, I, it's impossible for me to throw a, a surprise birthday party for my wife because she's so intuitive and so smart. But if I can do that, and if you've ever thrown a surprise birthday party, you get as much satisfaction or maybe even more by seeing that surprise be a success than the person who's actually receiving you know, the birthday party. And that's what I saw on Edge and Adam's face. They were so delighted that they came in and, you know, got us. And I think we heard that from some of the maybe text and tweets from others in the U2 organization. that They were just delighted that we were surprised. And that's the, you know, giving ends up being better than receiving kind of end of this whole thing. It was just fun. Yeah, and for the, I'll just uh, throw a reference in for somebody who may not, if you're not enough of a YouTube fan or a hardcore fan to know the Dalton brothers, at YouTube.com has a fancy webpage devoted to the Daltons, at YouTube.com slash Daltons, where you can go check out what the Daltons, who the Daltons are, if you're not aware. <laughs> that that page hasn't been updated in <laughs> probably 20, 20 years, but... <laughs> I guess it does need to. Parents, but yeah. <laughs> And, 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 and just for the record, Tim, um, I was at that, 80s, that that L.A. Coliseum show. I was on Edge's side about three-quarters of the way up, and I had no idea it was you two. Oh, wow. Yeah. So well, that's they, what they wanted. They, they pulled it over on me. And then it was the Bodines and the Pretenders, and then finally you two came out. Right. We were so happy. <laughs> Get this country band off the stage. <laughs> and, and the stadium was half full at that point, even. Right, yeah. That's yeah. That's the kind of awesome stuff you think. I don't know. As a person who, if you ever would become a celebrity, you think you'd have to do that kind of stuff. And there's, it's more common now with social media, you know, hijinks and stuff. But with celebrities, but just to like mess with folks and and have a little fun with it. But I'm impressed as a guitar player, knowing how um, finicky and particular Edge is about stuff that he was willing to go on stage, play guitar with someone else's gear and stuff that he had never seen before that exact moment right like no sound check no anything he's just trusting that their gear is going to be up to his whatever standards and also the effects and stuff are going to be there close enough that he can play along so yeah that's i mean that's i keep i mean i'll i'll admit i keep watching the videos um well who doesn't <laughs> over and over again right like i don't know how many views it has but uh, you know a good portion of them are me <laughs> Uh, you were M two eight thousand times for Matt. 
<laughs> Guilty as charged. Um, and that's, I mean, there's just like every time, I, it's like there's like something else stands out like, wow, that's another reason that they could have said, no, we're not going to do it. Or another yeah. reason that they could have just, you know, completely bailed. And, and you're right. They, they, it wasn't their instruments and nothing, you know, none of their gear and the whole, and they just walked on stage and it took Dallas all of, what guys, 30 seconds to, you know, strum a couple notes on the guitar, chat with Mick, I think a few times and, mm-hmm. yeah. and then bingo. And then Edge starts in on streets and then George tells him, no, 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 don't start yet. We have our, our, our synth loop and all. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I just, there's so many things every time I watch, I'm just like, wow, this was really the coolest thing they could have possibly done. There's like, there's, I can't imagine how it could have gotten any better. You know, in terms of being a guitar player, right? You're, you're right, Chris, because I play guitar too. And, you know, just to walk on a stage with such an intricate set of patches and, you know, technique and technical support that you're used to and not have that and then be able to carry it off and to walk up to the microphone as Edge was doing and singing the backup harmonies. And we're, we're kind of hearing him in the videos even with kind of that live unfiltered voice coming through. And it, it was just golden. You know, no earpiece monitors, no stage managers. It, it, it was just raw. It was them. And it wasn't out of obligation or duty. They were having fun. They were celebrating with us, and they were just having a great time. One of the things I even noticed today as I was watching that is Dallas is telling, um, is it, who, who's, I'm sorry, Unforgettable Fire guitar player is? Mick. Mick. Mick, right, okay. So Mick has to go crouch down beside his amp, and he's doing something manually to bring Edge up for the solo on Out of Control. And Dallas keeps holding him back, holding him back, holding him back. All of a sudden, Dallas gives him the cue, and you see Mick do something to his amp, and that's when Edge rips into his solo. And so, you know, the, the other thing I, I saw immediately is that Edge has this huge amount of trust in Dallas to run the things behind his back. And Dallas was, you know, he was the man, he was Edge's manager that night. It was really beautiful to see Dallas get into it. And Dallas at times was just clapping and hooting and having a great time as well. Yeah. So I don't want to forget Dallas in the picture because he was back there just having totally. a really great time too yeah. as well. Totally. I speak... You, I, we, uh, Justin Kent is a friend of ours um, who's been to a bunch of shows, and so you know, some of us have seen him at shows. Anyway, so we had Justin shooting photos for us uh, throughout the night um, at the party, and I just, I just got a chance this morning to look through you know, several dozen photos that you know, he's shared with us that we're, you know, we'll eventually get uh, uploaded on our Flickr account, and we'll post that soon. Um, Anyway, the the amount of uh, you, you know there must be forty photos of you know Edge and or Adam, and they are smiling in thirty five of them. It's it, it just which just warms my heart to see that they were having that good a time, um, you know, doing what they did with Unforgettable Fire. Just I mean, that's my favorite part of the whole night. Really, is just the the joy on the band's face, the joy on mix. And George's and Tony's and Craig's face, right? I mean, I'm for, they were in heaven. Um, and then the joy, you know, the obvious joy in our audiences, you know, their reaction to the whole thing and, and you know, and how everybody just, I just, I mean, I, it just, it just, I get chills just thinking about how happy everyone was with that moment. It just, that's one thing I'm actually really looking forward to seeing because you too also had a videographer in the house, we should mention their official documentarian or whatever was, was on the side of the stage when they, when they crashed it. 
and I think they're going to have the best footage of the fan reaction. And that's what I'm looking forward, because that's what we couldn't see from standing above everyone facing the band. We couldn't see their faces, you know, and you catch glimpses of them in some of the pictures. But I would like to see the actual reactions. Yeah, you can. They posted that that three minute or so video on YouTube.com and you can see some of it a a little bit there. But I'm I'm with you. I'd love to see. I mean, I hope they'll I hope they'll do something really cool with with what they with what they shot there. Yeah, yeah, we got to get Justin's pictures up because he did a good job documenting yeah, oh, yeah, fans his photos as well. It, the yes. fan reaction was just yeah. He he outrageous. probably has the best of that yeah, you know of that so far. Yeah, and you know the other that reminds me on a related note. One of the things we were kind of standing upstairs, you know, looking down at the stage and and doing a little video stuff or whatever. But the one of the things I thought after the event was over is I I forgot to take pictures. I mean, and several of us said that. We, we literally didn't take pictures because, as, as Bono has been saying later, we were in the moment. And it really just was a golden moment to be there, to relish it, to see these guys and not worry about pictures, not worry about autographs, not worry about all the paraphernalia and everything. I'd, I'd really just have it as a memory, a golden memory kind of lodged in my brain now, which I'm glad for. And one thing I, I'm also grateful for is that most of our staff was actually together when it happened. I mean, we were, a lot of we us were upstairs. up on that, on that little, you know, bridge thing. And I thought it was cool to be able to share it with, with all of you guys, you know, rather than be scattered throughout the crowd and, you know, not, not be able to hug each other or, you know, high five and all the things that we did that night. So I was actually very grateful it worked out the way it did, even though we weren't very close to them when they were actually playing. Yeah, that's what's um, just in terms of follow up. Some one other question we had to the ask at YouTube hashtag was from uh, at jab w ten. Uh, did you talk to under unforgettable fire after the party? What did they have to say about the crashers? Could they even speak? I I um I talked to them. So the so the 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 party crashing when Edge and Adam showed up, it was during the the first set of their performance, and the, you know their performance that night was you know mimicking. You know the the innocence and experience tour. They were they did a first set, then an, we had an intermission, then they were, came out and did a second set. So so it all happened during the first set, and then we had our intermission, and I went and talked to them in their uh, in their you know preparation area or green room or whatever whatever we're calling it uh, during the intermission. And I mean, oh my gosh, they could hardly put sentences together. <laughs> they, I mean, it was they were they were just like you know. OMG and just hugging me and I'm like you god you're so sweaty get on no, I'm, just, I'm joking <laughs> but no it was they were yeah no they were just just completely thrilled and and completely you know just cloud 9 it was I think they would have been thrilled if it had just been Dallas, like you could see when, when Dallas oh, walked yeah. on stage, they're like, wow, this is so cool. Dallas is here. We're going to play with Dallas. And then when it's, you know, when it's Edge and Adam, you know, that's, I mean, that's just a, no disrespect to Dallas, but that's just a whole not, another, whole nother level, right? And so, no, they were, you know, back at, at intermission, they were just on top of the world. And I think it, uh, you know, I think it, it sort of, um, you know, manifested itself in their second set. I mean, they just, the second set, not that the first set was bad or anything. The first set, they're fantastic. They're a great tribute band. And this, when they came, the second set they did, they were just like, it was just like they owned this room that night. And it was, yeah, there's just the energy in the whole place was up. And the, yeah, they were on top of the world. 
And George and did actually stop Edge and say, let me count you in, you know, so we don't screw this up or whatever. Right. Yeah. And you can see that on the video. You see him yep. stopping him and then they, they fall into sync, which was really cool. Yeah. And props to Tony for staying in character as Bono. He God, and he was he, I don't know how he stayed that cool because yeah. he just, he, he went through, he, he stayed in character and he's leaning back to back with Edge and he's introducing them. And it was just so fun to watch him. And I was really worried for the second set. I thought, what's Unforgettable gonna, Fire going to do now that Adam and Edge just ran out of the building? And they, they brought it in that second set. In fact, I couldn't believe how long. They did probably an hour and a half in the second set. They just went and went and went. And they kept the crowd right there. And it was so fun to watch um, them enjoy the crowd. And if you think about that crowd... If we've got 350 people, we've got 350 of probably the best U2 fans on the planet right there. People yeah. coming from all over the world. You know, there's JT who is from Costa Rica and uh, we've got our uh, Brazilian crew there and just on and on. Um, Australia what, what and a, New Zealand were there. Ireland was there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. England. Yes. There, yeah. So I'm, I met a guy from Dublin. He stood right in front of me at um, Madison Square Garden number eight. And he turned around and saw my shirt and he just went ballistic on me. You know, I can't <laughs> tell. I can't say right now what he said because it was just that was bleep and unbelievable. You know, and he's from Dublin and he thought that was the coolest thing that he'd ever been to. So you've got these hyper fans who know. I think, Matt, you wrote in your OTR, they know more about the band than the band knows about themselves, probably. Yeah. And half the band shows up. So no wonder the guys were having so much fun, both Adam and Edge and Unforgettable Fire, because this was a crowd that you could probably not reproduce. This was better than the Roxy. You know, this was better than anything. It was smaller than the Roxy. Yeah. It was smaller than the Roxy, and it was, it was the fans who had, had you know, pilgrimaged to New York City you know, for these final two shows and then they show up in concert. So way to go, Adam and Edge and you two organization for um, having fun with your, your your most faithful. That was that was a blast. Yep. Awesome night. Yeah, I wonder I sort of wonder when you just the way you're describing that when as Adam and Edge leave and they go back to, you know, presumably the hotel or wherever they meet up with, you know, Bono and Larry, are they sell it, telling Bono and Larry like you guys missed out on <laughs> and who knows what their schedule was and why and oh, it's not wow. that we're disparaging that those guys weren't there, but just kind of like the same way you know, you guys are now telling fans who weren't there you're like, "Man, you missed out on this." Do you think within the organization they're like, "Man, you guys missed this awesome sort of moments with uh, with fans that we got to experience. I don't know. Well, since Bono mentioned it on stage the next night, I think he regrets right. it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So maybe keep that in mind, Bono, if you're listening for the 25th party yeah. for, at YouTube. Bono and Larry, we want you this time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's a that's a cool little note you just threw in there to Sula because it was at the concert in the next evening then that uh, Bono said something about the 100th performance and uh, New York, and I, I, I don't know about the the factual nature of that, but then he kind of backtracks and says, well, 99 and a half. Wasn't half, that the yeah. gist of it? <laughs> because, and then he mentions, because, you know, Adam and Edge crashed this party uh, as half of you 2 and we'll count that as a gig, I guess. Half a gig, anyway. Yeah. That was fun. Is that, on a, is that part on a video somewhere that people can go check out? Yeah, Sherry yeah. actually has been tweeting that one out. Okay. 
Yeah. We'll get a link in the show notes to that as well. So folks can check that part out too. So that'll uh, make me definitely want to go to the next party <laughs> that you guys throw. <laughs> well, yeah, we, I think that's the, one of the, you know, one of the many first things that we said immediately after was we're going to have to get a bigger venue. for this <laughs> exactly. yeah, Right. I, I, that's what I'm afraid of. Like next time we say, okay, we're having a party. Everybody's gonna be like, I gotta go. <laughs> the expectations well, YouTube, have been set. Will you two be in town? You know, right. yeah. yeah. we'll go to Dublin has- for that party. How about that? We'll go to their front door. <laughs> the bar has been raised. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing with this podcast actually is uh, this episode, or episode four, and then the next one as well. We're going to have a f- set of different U2 at U2 staffers uh, on chatting about their experience with the show and stuff and getting a different perspective on the night and things like that. So if you've got questions still that were unanswered or just stuff you want to gush about, just like we have, uh, again, use the hashtag ask at U2 on Twitter. And we'll we'll get those into the show next episode, um, and uh, and be sure to yeah cover some of your questions and things like that as we chat with a few other other folks uh, on the on the podcast. So, um, anything else, Matt? As far as uh, I guess, there's a few upcoming events. One big upcoming event actually is Edge's birthday. I just happened to catch here is happening probably yeah before we release this August eighth. So for whatever that means in your world, if you send him a little card. <laughs> <laughs> He deserves he deserves a card for yes, showing up at our party. We That's for darn sure. Card. Yeah, if you if you'd known, I'm sure you would have had the the cake for ready. His birthday party. <laughs> he turns 54 this year, so if that makes you feel old or young, I don't know, but uh, it's, it is what it is. Uh, and uh, yeah, Matt, any other closing closing remarks for this episode? No, I just I just. Uh, it was. I mean, we didn't even we spent so we didn't even get to talk about the, the New York shows and all that sort of stuff. So we. I mean, yeah. There's a lot more. A lot more we 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 could do and will do, and we'll do yeah. more of that. Uh, we'll do more of that in the next podcast. Like I've said, Matt. When, I think before we started, you said I don't know if we'll have enough to fill every episode, like a weekly show. Like sure for a while, but we're gonna run out of stuff, and I, I still don't see the. We're, <laughs> It'll be October, and we'll be like, you remember the time they came to our party? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just get the three of us back. You yeah. won't have it. Yeah, just, just put us in here. <laughs> Listeners will be sick of like, okay, we know they came to your party already. <laughs> you know, that was our party. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, so, Tim, are you doing any Crystal Ballroom stuff over the break here? Or are you taking a hiatus as well? Well, no, we've got some special plans. In fact, I, I just locked it down and tweeted out today that Monday evening, um, 7 p.m. Pacific time, if you follow me on Periscope, you're going to get to be in a conversation with YouTube brother, Mark Baker. He's the mirror ball man, and he's going to join me. And uh, we're going to talk about his times up on stage and his little shrine he has and how he got into this whole tribute band thing. We'll just have a little fun with that. So that's coming up uh, this coming Monday. We probably need a date on that in case this gets replayed. That will be... August 10th, yeah, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And you know what? We'll probably figure out a way somehow. Well, I, I know there is a way, but we'll figure out a way to get some of that audio in. Again, if we ever have a break where we don't have anything to talk about, we can, we'll pre- repurpose some of that stuff so that folks who just want to happen to listen to some of that stuff, we can throw it in the podcast feed as little extras, bonus uh, B-sides, as it were, I guess, for the, the nice. podcast too or something. If if Tim gives us permission, anyways, we'll we'll work that out with his lawyer. Bless you. 
<laughs> so where you can find this show, if you're tuning in and finding it somewhere on the web, is uh, one place is goodstuff.fm slash at you two slash four is this episode, and you'll see links to the things we've discussed. Uh, Twitter.com slash at you two is the official ha- uh, at you two uh, Twitter account. And then of course, like I mentioned, hashtag ask at you two is where you can submit questions for the show. Facebook.com slash at you two com. Did I get that right this time, Matt? You I think did, I threw yeah. a dot in last time. So facebook.com well, well done. slash at you two com. Thanks everyone for listening. To Sola, Tim, thank you. Yes. Thank yeah, you guys for showing pleasure. up. <laughs> Thanks for having us. That was fun. We'll have you on again sometime, I'm sure, unless Matt fires me. Until next time. One of us. <laughs> well, I can see somebody will be fired before the next time. <laughs> yeah. Insert Donald Trump joke here. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.